Welcome to Buckeyes Tomorrow Morning for Wednesday, February 28th. I'm your host, Tom Moore. The Akron game in 185 days, the game against Michigan in 276 days, the start of spring practice in six days. And today, we're going to be talking about some of the positional battles that are going to be going on during the spring and where we think things might stand going into the spring and where we think they might stand coming out of the spring. Really just, here's some of the interesting stuff to watch. And there are fewer really, truly compelling positional battles this year than maybe in a typical year, and that is a good thing, because they have a lot of returning starters this year. That also is a good thing. But we're going to talk about some of the places where there's a little more uncertainty on that depth chart. We're going to be doing it with Tony Gerdeman of BuckeyeHuddle.com. Tony, we're, we're talking about seven positional battles, but there's three of them that are kind of like a combination. But we're going to start with the one that everyone always wants to start with. Quarterback. There's only going to be one starting quarterback this year. And Ohio State has as deep and talented a quarterback room as I can really remember them having in terms of just number of five stars, and number of veterans, and really talented players. And all that said, I kind of feel like I have a decent sense where this one is going. Yeah, when you're bringing in a guy who started at least three games uh, throughout his four years at Kansas State and Will Howard was the full-time starter last year. A lot of these guys, like when Ryan Day talks about Caleb Downs, Caleb Downs didn't come to Ohio State to sit the bench. Will Howard didn't come to Ohio State to sit the bench. But you still have to win the job. And this is going to be a new offense. We've talked in the past about quarterbacks saying it takes a year, at least a year, to learn Ryan Day's offense. That may be true, but it's also dependent upon uh, – the competition is dependent upon who are you competing against because Justin Fields won the job in the span of about, well – he was named starter sometime in August, but wink, wink, nod, nod, he, he was the starter before then. So you've got Devin Brown, who has now been in this offense for a while. This is going to be, what, his third spring game, so or his third spring camp. So he's been here uh, in in it for over two years, and that's quite a head start. And so now it's up to Will Howard to catch up and see if he can. But you know, th- there are different ways to catch up. And whether it's in, in the weight room and the team leadership or understanding of the offense, or it's simply just, as we'll see in the spring, the execution of the throws in the offense, because ultimately that's what's going to win it out is uh, who, who makes the first downs, who keeps the chains move, moving, who doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, it's, it's nice to be face first in the, the playbook or everybody's rooting you on in the weight room. But once you're out there on the practice field, because there are no games, so you've got to decide who's going to start based on the practices. And if you're whoever is most effective running the offense will win the job. And so, yes, Devin Brown has a huge head start. But really, how much experience has that head start given him based on gameplay? And so Will Howard has played in many more games than Devin Brown. It's just been with a different program. So um, it will be interesting to see. Because I think Devin Brown also has to catch up just in the experience factor. So, like, they're all, they're both racing the same race, but maybe on different tracks. Yeah, it does feel like Devin Brown has so much more practice experience, but just because of injuries and losing the starting job to Kyle McCord last year, he just doesn't have a ton of on field experience. So, how much of a head start does he have on Will Howard? Well, that, that sort of feels like the answer is it depends. And there's a similar dynamic going on at the center position, where where I'm kind of combining center and right guard in here, 
which is weird because they only have technically one open spot. They have four returning starters in the offensive line, but we're really talking about two offensive line positional battles, center and right guard. We're going to kind of lump them together here. The dynamic is a little bit the same uh, at the center position as at the quarterback position because you have a guy, Carson Hinsman, who started all of last year for Ohio State and but was younger and was not, you know, had had some ups and downs, certainly. And then you bring in Seth McLaughlin, who, much like Will Howard, is a multi-year, you know, multi-year starter, long, you know, lots and lots of snaps uh, at a Power 5 program, McLaughlin coming from Alabama instead of Kansas State. And then you have the open right guard spot with Matthew Jones leaving. And so now you've got two open-ish positions, unless Carson Hinsman wins back his starting job. But I think those two positions are kind of linked in my mind because it feels like you could end up solving the right guard position by moving one of the centers over there. You could end up solving the right guard position by moving one of the tackles over there. There's a lot of different ways, or you could keep everyone where they were and bring in someone else entirely. So it just feels like there's a lot of different ways this could go. Yeah. Um, you know how I, I'll put on the message board, the Buckeye Huddle message board, my two deep for positionally. And initially, my initial initial two deep, once all of the transfers came in, I had at center Seth McLaughlin and Carson Hinsman as an or, basically one of these two guys. And uh, our buddy Ross Fulton was like, first off, they brought in a center. They brought they went to the portal and brought in a starting center. Uh, second off, they didn't play Carson Hinsman in the ball game. Do those two, add those two things up, and that should tell you who's going to win the center job. And I was like, well, you didn't have to do this to me in public. You could have just texted me. You didn't have to put this on the message board. <laughs> so that's one thing. But uh, it makes complete sense that they went out and got a starting center, a center with starting experience. So there are some concerns there. And the ball game where Carson Hansman started every single game as a redshirt freshman last year in the regular season. And generally, if you've got a redshirt freshman starting at center, it's not ideal. But also, if you've got somebody that young starting on the offensive line, that generally means good things down the road. And so, which leads me to wonder, I'm fascinated to see when we get to spring practice on Tuesday, where exactly is Carson Hinsman warming up? Where is he lining up? And is he is he still like the number one center so that he can just lead the way for now? Or is he at right guard because he has that experience? And we've seen it all the time. Centers can move to guard. Guards can move to center. That interior stuff, there's a lot of malleability there. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens there. And then, of course, the other thing that gets thrown in here, Ryan Day talking about maybe Josh Fryer starting right tackle, getting a look at right guard. So then, Tom, uh, what, what happens at right tackle? That's maybe a topic for another day. But there, there are some issues to be worked out. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I have removed the oar from Seth McLaughlin. I have him as the starting center. I'm, I'm wondering what happens with Carson Hinsman, like everybody else, and that you know, that also, if you're if you're looking for your top five guys, and Justin Fry will be looking for his top five guys. If one of those five guys isn't a guy who started 12 games last year, then that seems to be an improvement. And you know what I'm saying? Like if Tegra Shabola is one of their top five guys, or Luke Montgomery is one of their top five guys. That would seem to indicate the floor is continued to be raised. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And you also assume all the guys who are coming back are probably going to be at least a little bit better than they were last year. So, yeah, it does feel like there's, you know, going from two returning starters to four returning starters on that offensive line and also adding 
someone like Seth MacLachlan and having a bunch of different pieces, whether it's Taker Shabola, like you mentioned, or moving Josh Fryer inside and putting Luke Montgomery at the tackle position. There's just, there's a lot of different options there. Carson Hinsman, as you mentioned. So yeah, there, there are a lot of different opportunities there for them to find that best five. And that's, that's what this is. This time of year is all about is just taking a look at everyone. I'm going to guess we're going to see lots and lots of combinations of offensive line, you know, first team offensive lines during the course of the spring. Sometimes you get kind of the same five all spring and it's like, oh, that's an open battle. It's like, is it really? It feels like this is probably a year when you're going to see four or five different combinations, at least on that offensive line with running with the ones for some you know significant number of, of reps. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Wide receiver, another spot where, you know, normally you'd look at the wide receiver spot and you go, well, they lost Marvin Harrison, who's going to be a top five NFL pick. They lost the former number one player in the entire country, Julian Fleming, transferred to Penn State, lost Xavier Johnson, who is a longtime contributor in that room. Normally, I think you would look at that and go, boy, real young wide receiver room, lots of questions there. Yeah, there's two wide receiver positions open. I don't think anyone's particularly worried, though. So how do you think that, you know, I don't know that there's a guarantee that it's going to like it's going to be these two guys and these are going to be your three starters all season long. I don't think it's necessarily that, but it feels like there are so many good possible answers there that no one's all that worried about what the actual final answer is going to be. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be crying for the Ohio State wide receiver situation, certainly not nationally. And probably not locally, as a bunch of people just want to see the the next young five star guy. But because of Emeka Abuka's injury last year, he missed three games. So Ohio State did lose their top two uh, players, their top two uh, guys with the most snaps among the receivers, and Harrison and Fleming. And you look, I'm still interested to see where Emeka Abuka is lining up because we know Brian Hartline. Everybody learns every position and you know, move guys around to find matchups that you like in a game. You know, they moved Marv Har- Marvin Harrison into the slot. He's not your typical slot receiver, but we're seeing that more and more in the NFL and in college. These standard, typical outside receivers are now being moved inside with uh, to get them on safeties and find favorable matchups. So it's almost getting difficult to say, okay, you are the starting slot receiver. You are the starting X. You are the starting Z. Um, just looking at uh, Emeka Abuka's snaps last year, over two-thirds of his snaps still came out of the slot. I wonder if that would have been closer to even if he had been playing, if he had played all 13 games because Marvin Harrison did take some of those snaps in the slot. So I I think uh, it's almost like you just throw out the labels. We know Emeka Abuka is starting. I do believe Carnell Tate is starting. Uh, he played the, I think, the fourth. Uh, he played more snaps than Xavier Johnson did last year. So then, to me, it just comes down to who is that next guy? Is it is it Jaden Ballard? Is it Brandon Ennis? Uh, I'm, I'll let somebody else talk about Jeremiah Smith um, because that's going to be a legitimate question, and that's going to be the one of the things that we uh, we're we're going to be talking about. We're going to be writing about. We're going to be taking pictures, doing video. I do wonder if he is going to be one of those guys, like a, it, it, not the clickbait stuff because I, I don't want to cheapen it. But when you write about him or you talk about him or you tweet about him, it gets a lot of attention. It's a, the, the Tate Martell thing, or the, even the CJ Hicks for a while, where people want to know more about him, where they want to see him, 
And I, I'll be fascinated to see if he makes plays like we've seen other true freshmen do in the spring. We, we talked about it in, in a recent morning show about Keon Gray's, Kojo Antwi. Both of those guys are outside guys. Can they get involved there? So I think it's kind of like the offensive line. You choose your five best here. You choose your three best and then you fit them where they, where they can go. I just, I, I do wonder, can Brandon Ennis, it seems silly to say, like, can he be an outside receiver? When if 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 Emeka Ibuka, can those two guys be on the same on the field together? If Ibuka is the slot, and I think they can because again, Brandon Ennis is an incredibly talented guy. He's not just your only this, and I don't think they can recruit guys that are only this anymore because we've seen them tried over the years. You're only a slot receiver, and I don't think you can do that at Ohio State. Uh, Brian Hartline doesn't want to do that. It hasn't worked. And even one of those guys who are only this, Mookie uh, Mookie uh, Cooper, transferred to Missouri, played most of his snaps last year outside because they moved Luther Burden inside to get those matchups that I was talking about earlier. I heard you almost say Mookie Blaylock. That was good. Mm-hmm. You caught yourself just yep. in time. I, I could I could hear it. Yeah. I almost said Pearl Jam, but there, that, sorry, that there's there's three Mookies in my mind. Only only '90s kids will understand. Yeah. Uh, all right, so. That, that covers the wide receivers, and don't worry, we're going to talk a little more about Jeremiah Smith a little later on in the week. Uh, one of the shows we've got coming is uh, Freshman to Watch this spring. Uh, spoiler alert, he may be the first person we talk about on that show. So you have that to look forward to. Yes, there will be Jeremiah Smith content coming for you a little later on this week. But first, I mentioned C.J. Hicks. He is one of the guys in the battle for the two open starting linebacker positions. And this is an interesting conversation for a number of reasons, because it's the two asterisk open linebacker positions because mm, theoretically it could be three at times. They have Cody Simon coming back, who's kind of like a starter. And then you also have got, okay, Powers and CJ Hicks. And then also you sort of have Sonny Styles sort of out there sort of hovering and is he maybe in this mix as well? There's been lots of questions on that. There have not been a lot of real firm answers on that. So uh, Tony, go ahead and make a very good, accurate, Firm and final prediction: Who are the two starting linebackers for Ohio State? Uh, no hedging, please. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no hedging. Okay, I was hoping for some hedging, but uh, no hedging. I, I think it's uh, we can go ahead and put it in ink that Cody Simon is your starting middle linebacker. He's been the starting middle linebacker at Ohio State before. Uh, kind of lost the job to Tommy Eichenberg due to injuries, and and has been a valuable reserve and started a couple of games last year when Tommy Eichenberg was injured. So. I think he just steps in. That's why he came back. He came back to be the starting middle linebacker. Probably got some assurances that, yeah, you've got a pretty good shot of winning the job. And, and again, this is no jobs are just given. They're all earned. But the understanding is that you know exactly how he's going to work and how he's going to perform. So it's like, yeah, you got a pretty good shot. And then we know the the Will and the Mike, they want him to be interchangeable. So even though Gabe Powers has played most of his career at Mike, that doesn't I mean, he can't win a job at will. Again, it's your who are your two best linebackers, and you go from there. I we'll see. We've talked about it a bunch. Where will Sonny Styles end up? And maybe, maybe it'll take a spring of practice at safety before he realizes, or they they come to an agreement that it's time to move to linebacker. Uh, but you know, C.J. Hicks has been that backup at will for a couple of years now, so this is his time. And as James Laurinaitis said, he just needs to cut it loose. We'll see if that can happen this spring. I know he, 
there's nobody nobody wants to, uh, him to play more than himself. Obviously, he's he's been as much as Ohio State fans are clamoring for him. He wants to be out there even more, and so this is going to be an opportunity for him to make mistakes, make plays, learn from his mistakes, and build that confidence that he can just cut it loose. Because you're going to get a lot of experience this spring. Uh, you're going to get the feel, a better feel, because we've talked about this in the past as well. Like he was never really an inside linebacker in high school. He first year he was like a corner, second year he was like a safety, third year he was just a roaming death machine, and then like a fourth year he was like a rush end. Uh, so like never really just got to play linebacker. So this has been a learning process and and a new defense. So. This this should be the very best version that we see of C.J. Hicks, but the question is, is it good enough? Uh, Tom, in order to not hedge bets, I will say that uh, they'll open up with the the ones will be, I'll say, Cody Simon and C.J. Hicks. At the start of spring practice? Yeah, I'm not talking about, I, I'm not going beyond the first very uh, <laughs> jogging rep. All right. Well, that first jogging rep will happen next Tuesday. That is the first day of spring practice for Ohio State. Buckeyes will practice twice next week, then head off for a week of spring break and then come back the week after, you know, a week later and have, uh, you know, spring ball really start for real. But yeah, it, it really starts next Tuesday. You're getting pretty close. Lots of uh, lots of stuff, obviously, to watch for. Lots of uh, fascinating returning players, lots of fascinating uh, new players. And even uh, we can talk this week a little bit about some fascinating players who have left Ohio State and are headed off to the NFL. Mark and Kevin are at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis this week. So you're going to find lots of great coverage of that at BuckeyeHuddle.com, as well as all sorts of spring football preview content as well. You can find that at BuckeyeHuddle.com. You can find that at YouTube.com slash BuckeyeHuddle. Should be lots of good stuff there. Lots of uh, Lots of talk from new Buckeyes. Returning Buckeyes, former Buckeyes, all all good stuff. Very, very busy week here at BuckeyeHuddle.com. We hope you will join us there. That will do it for today. Thank you guys all for joining us. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.